Well, on today's podcast, we're speaking to the bishops of the Holy Land Coordination about the challenges facing not just the Christians, but all the people of the region. Now, I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Bishop William Kenny, who has plenty of experience in this particular realm. And I think I believe it was around about the year 2000 that the Bishops Conference first started organising this annual pilgrimage of bishops. Is that right, Bishop William? Uh, not quite. Uh, the annual pilgrimage began in the year 2000, but the uh, English and Welsh bishops took over, I think, in 2004. Before that, it had been uh, organised from America. Right. And, but you have plenty of experience. You've been on, on all but one, I think, since you've that is correct. started going and even chaired the group prior to Bishop Declan Lang. I did indeed from, I think, uh, it was either 2004 or five until 2013. Goodness me. So I suppose the first question quite naturally would be, even though we, we've obviously had a sort of second Palestinian intifada in that time, the pilgrimage, the Holy Land Coordination, has still gone on. This is the first time it has. that we have a remote, a virtual Holy Land coordination. How have you found that? Uh, odd, to be quite honest, but within the uh, parameters of what we could do, within the circumstances, I think it has been very successful. That doesn't mean I'd like it to continue in this form, but uh, I hope we go back to a physical meeting. But as I say, it's been excellent. Now, th these are obviously tough times, not not just because of the global pandemic, uh, COVID-19, but, but it is having a marked impact. It was already a difficult reality for the Christians, for all the people of the Holy Land. But now we, we don't have pilgrims, therefore pilgrims aren't picking up those those olive wood goods and other things they're not you know visiting these these wonderful sites particularly those of christ's uh, birth ministry passion resurrection how are they surviving what have you learned about how they're coping they're surviving basically some of them on handouts because the situation is is that all income has stopped with no pilgrims and many of them make their living from pilgrims and when there are pilgrims they live quite reasonably this is not sort of then in any uh, bad situation but the bus drivers the hotel keepers the washers up the cooks all of these people have no work because there's nobody um, there and so many of them are in desperate poverty now now, we, we talk about the sort of, you know, hope v optimism has been a bit of a theme that's come up this time round. And I don't know, I always find it very difficult to, to be optimistic and somewhat to be hopeful. But obviously, as Christians, that's something that, that we really should be and we should look for that hope. Where do you see hope in the Holy Land at the moment? Oh, I see hope as I always have in the actual people, the ordinary people. I'm not optimistic and I don't think optimism is, is really very relevant. But I am hopeful because the ordinary people that you meet and that we talk to even this time and that are helping each other. They are good human beings. They are women and men who are definitely trying to help each other. And that, for me, gives enormous hope. I think we're in a system, not just in the Holy Land, but even worldwide almost, where our structures are, if not collapsing completely, are at least in dire uh, trouble. Um, that's our health systems, our economic systems, our political systems. We only need to think of which day it is today. All of these sorts of things are in real trouble. And therefore, we are being driven back to the only thing which holds, and that is our relationships with other people. Let's talk about the church-run organisations, institutions and so forth. Yes, they're under pressure, but I found it very interesting listening to the realities in Gaza, how they really are punching above their weight in terms of 61% healthcare home visits done in the whole of Gaza for 2 million people, carried out and facilitated by Caritas, which is quite remarkable. This isn't just, if you like, charity for Christians, is it? Far from it. 
Now, this has uh, always been the case of the church, that we offer to Est's for as long as we have the resources to do so, to anybody who is in need. The point that you take is need, not whether they are Muslim or Christian or non-believers or, or whatever. The same is true of our schooling. Our schools are open to many other, mainly admittedly Muslim children, but there would be no problem about Jewish children coming as well within the uh, area of uh, Israel, as always, as we do even in this country, we offer schooling, first of all, of course, to Catholics, but then the places are open to others. It's not a way of discrimination. The Catholic Church has always invited everybody to come. I always used to say when I was leading Caritas in Europe that uh, in the instructions we had, it said that we had to help people in need. And then there was a very important full stop. There was no other qualification other than need to be um, helping people. That's still the case, and the church is still, and I am proud of it, uh, carrying that mission out. And it's funny, isn't it? Because you look at our Western reality, one that on the whole is clearly more prosperous, despite the strains that are on on our welfare state and, and other resources now. I look at that Gaza situation, I feel very moved by it. And um, certainly I wouldn't be the only person making the comment, can we learn from that in the UK in a post-pandemic reality? I think we can, but we learn about it from ordinary people, from the people who are helping each other. Remember that if we are helping so many Muslims, that's Catholic people reaching out their hands to them, but it's also Muslim people responding and reaching out a hand and helping, therefore, their Catholic sisters and brothers. It's never a one-way street. It works in both directions. And so, uh, yes, we can learn from Gaza. Gaza, in some ways, is a microcosm of where we might be heading if we're not careful. And in terms of all your years of experience, I mean, I've, I've only been once, certainly with the coordination, and I found the people, be they Jews, Christians, Muslims, so incredibly hospitable, those with the means and the material and those without. It is a wonderful region, isn't it? I have never had anything other than admiration for the, the people that, as you say, of all faiths. It's never a problem. And this is why I believe so passionately. If you put ordinary Palestinians together with ordinary Jewish people, it takes about 10 minutes for them to find out they've got things in common. Those things in common are children, liking good food, liking to have a chat and a laugh, all of these sorts of things, which we take for granted. But these is what builds society. I can always remember from my experience in Sweden, where at the time of all the problems in Chile, and Sweden was very good at taking in refugees. And then when it all collapsed, they also took in as refugees some of the perpetrators of it. And I've seen them in church, the perpetrators with the people who they tortured. And yet, given time, given uh, some discussion, given a little bit of peace, they could sit down and be together again as human beings, despite all that had happened. I really do believe that ordinary people can manage that. And, and that wonderful teaching of reconciliation and forgiveness that we certainly can bring to the world. Most definitely. And so finally, I, I have to ask this question. I think it is very relevant this year. Obviously, when those uh, travel restrictions are opened up of course not for everyone in, in the holy land it should be pointed out but that for those of us that can visit can go on pilgrimage can consider christ and christ at the heart of the holy land obviously i presume you'd encourage pilgrimage but what would you say to people back home at the moment who, who can't move about the place I mean, it's important we, we don't just drop that our support for, for those in the holy land isn't it 
It is, most definitely. Um, there are uh, virtual pilgrimages if you have contact uh, over the internet or that. If you have internet contact, you can get to many of these places. Many of the churches are streaming massive services and things from the Holy Land. I encourage people to all to do this, but also to pray for the people there. They pray for us. It is the thing I always ask for, for people in different situations in the Holy Land. Remember to pray for your sisters and brothers in England and Wales and, and other places as well. A good source of that, the Knights of the Holy Sepulchre have been doing enormous work trying to keep that contact going. And again, contact them, get on their website and see what's going on. Well, Bishop William Kenny, thanks ever so much for, for joining us. And, and let's hope we can actually be out with our, uh, our feet on terra firma next year, perhaps. Well, we hope so. That's what we want to do. Thanks ever so much. Thank you indeed, James.